This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Pro wrestling from a fan's perspective. I love video games and pro wrestling. With three fans who know how to talk some trash. None of these cross-eyed mouth breathers deserve to hear this voice. I guess it's time to take out the trash. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Turnbuckle Trash. And joining me right now in North Carolina, who kind of just dodged a lot of the stuff from this recent hurricane, uh, here's Christopher Evans. How you doing, Chris? Well, I would say it's a beautiful day here, but uh, we've had a lot of the rain that's finally hit us. And uh, now that I'm finally having my sleeping beauties over with, I'm drinking my uh, Death Wish coffee. Uh, everyone have the stuff. It's looking real good. How's Turnbuckle Trash doing this morning? And I'd like to take this time to congratulate our tag team partner as uh, Zane Peterson has started a new job as of today. And uh, congratulations, Zane. And this job should afford him the opportunity to not work as quite as many hours as he has. So maybe he can come back with us on a more consistent basis here on Turnbuckle mm. Trash. So way to go, Zane. Nice, Zane. Good. Bring in the money. Here comes the money. Now he is Shane O'Mac. Yeah. So, hey, before, we got a couple uh-huh. of things going on today. My wife, Teresa, will be joining uh-huh. us a little bit later on. We're going to talk about AEW. You know, she mm. actually looked at me and said, can we get the pay-per-view? I'm going, can we? Sure we can, honey bunch. Of course. <laughs> so we're going to be, course. we'll talk about that with Teresa uh, she's really becoming a fan of AEW. So uh, she wanted to talk a little bit about that. And then uh, also today, we wanted to pass along our condolences uh, to the families of Kamala, the Ugandan giant who passed away. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. do you know the story about how he started as Kamala? Well, from what I understand, I think Jerry Jarrett brought him into the USWA. And his first promo was in, I think it was in Jerry Jarrett's backyard. Am I correct? Yeah, that is correct. He actually showed up at the Mid-South Coliseum, and they needed an extra wrestler. He was just looking for some work, and they mm-hmm. came up with this idea that I guess Jerry and Jerry and Jerry had come up with. And Jerry Lawler did the paint, you know, the, mm. the his body paint, and then they mm-hmm. they did that first promo in uh, Jerry Jarrett's backyard. He passed away complications of diabetes. He had actually lost. Uh, both of his legs, but professional wrestling afforded him to have a very nice life. He was struggling before he became a huge star in pro wrestling. So uh, we send our condolences there. And also to uh, one of my favorites when I was watching Georgia Championship Wrestling, Bullet Bob Armstrong uh, also passed away. mm You know, I've never seen seen him in the ring. I I, I know he was good. That's uh, Jesse Jackson. That's Jesse James's father, correct? Yeah, he also Scott Armstrong. He had one of his sons was was also a, a, a referee for a while, and then of course the Road Dog uh, is uh, is is his son. So uh, our th- those families we'd like to pass along our condolences to. But Bullet Bob Armstrong was really fun to watch in the ring. A former Marine who would come out. And he, you know, he'd have his wrestling gear on, had a nice build on him, not a bodybuilder, but muscular definition. And he could just turn people in inside and out. I'd heard he was one of the legitimate tough guys uh, in the industry. So before we get too much further 
in this edition of Turnbuckle Trash, we'd like to pause real quickly for the uh, 10 bells for Kamala the Ugandan Giant and for Bullet Bob Armstrong. Yeah, it is always nice to uh, commemorate those who've uh, passed on, especially in this industry that we call professional wrestling. Over the weekend, uh, our friend, the MK Bandit, was, I think it was in Texas, uh, he was managing Sam Adonis in a match against a name opponent. I mean, Sam Adonis is a big name on the independent circuit. But how about the machine, Brian Cage, AEW star, uh, they had a match, and uh, Sam Adonis came out on top. But MK Bandit didn't because he got beat up by the machine. Yeah, he got uh, body slammed uh, by uh, uh, the, the machine, Brian Cage. So uh, MK, he'll, he'll up, okay, guy? So that that was one thing that happened over the weekend. But let's talk more about the WWE. My wife will join us a little bit later on when we talk more about uh, AEW, but the WWE right now, I I still think there are some massive struggles there that I'm going to put off, and I'm I'm going to kind of shoot on one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Okay, go for it. A week ago on Monday night, it was actually Vince's birthday, and he showed up at the Monday Night Raw event, and just a few hours ahead of time. And he looked at the script and said, eh, eh, started changing everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't say it was for the better or for the worse. You know, I don't know what they had planned. But I do know this. As a performer, and not I'm not a wrestling performer, but as someone who does a little bit of entertainment, things at the last minute will just throw things for a loop and cause confusion. And I, I just got to say, that's one of the reasons why the WWE has their struggles right now is because Vince hires his writers. He hires his main creative team right now as Tom Pritchard, and then he doesn't let them work. Nope. He works them to death, and then he doesn't let them work. Does that make sense? All the time. That's that's just his, that's his way of doing things, and Vince... I don't understand why Vince does this. You're killing your own ratings and you're killing your own company. Yeah. It makes no, makes no sense. Well, you know, I've recently read two books by uh, JR. And then Mm -hmm. I also wrote, read the book by Vince Russo. And he talked, they both uh, talked about the work ethic of Vince McMahon and how he, he's just a workaholic and he expects his people around him to do that. But you burn people out and you get them unhealthy uh, you know his his constitution must be something to be able to do it, but you've got mm-hmm. to, you've got to have breaks, especially when you're doing a lot of traveling. So it looks like Tom Pritchard might be on the way out 
for Monday Night Raw, still in control of SmackDown. And the internet rumors, and you know you can believe everything you hear on the internet, is that the main creative force will soon be Shane McMahon. Hmm. The man that brought us Raw Underground. His idea. Yeah, well... Oh. That raw that that raw underground right now, it, it's like a belch from a bad onion. <laughs> um, you know it's going to stink, but you, it's just going to take time to do it. Oh. So it, it's, I've never it, heard I'm, that I'm, one before. <laughs> yes, I love it. So I mean, that's uh, okay. If I want to see an underground match, I will go just watch the UFC. It is it is so bad at this underground you well, so. you, you know uh, last week once again Vince comes in they had several segments already taped for underground and then they only did two in the, and yeah. they, were, they were just bad you know uh, and I know there are people out there that like it and you know more power to you Isaiah is one that you know he, he's on our Facebook page and he likes it oh yeah but I'm sitting there watching it and I'm seeing complete utter unprofessionalism myself mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's not planned out there's nope. no uh real rhyme or reason to what they're doing and that nope. camera work oh when they zoom in and zoom out and zoom in and zoom out headache mm-hmm. time for dave you know don't like it at all and i, I wish no either mm-hmm. they need to plan it out a little bit better and promote what's coming up in underground throughout Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. then they could possibly make it work. But all of a sudden, they're going to Monday Night Raw. There's Zane O'Mac walking in this door with this big, tall, huge man standing there at guard. And then they go in, and there's all kinds of chaos going on. And I guess maybe that's the point, but it doesn't work for me. It just, I, nope. you know, that's the fast-forward button for me, so... That's Monday Night yeah. Raw, ah, and they man. don't even and they don't even really have a. Does this underground have a champion? I mean, does it? No, they really don't. They don't really don't explain much about underground. Yeah, what's this, what is this all about? I mean, I, it just doesn't. <laughs> I mean, well, like I said, I, I I would rather do an eye test while you have me blindfolded than watch underground. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not that. It's, I, I, I tell you what, I, I'll even go even farther. I would do. I would rather eat uh, a pizza with anchovies than and toothpaste on it than watch Underground. I no, watch out because I I'm thought not, you were going to talk about pineapple and the DCW champion is the pineapple clad Tom Chad and he loves pineapple and pizza. Yuck. Well, I'm really surprised that that happened too, but that's a different story. Yeah. So, uh, so Monday Night Raw, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre, I think, is a great champion. I've really mm-hmm. liked the storyline with him and uh, Randy Randy Orton. I've enjoyed that. I think Randy Orton right now is doing his best work he's done in years. Yes, he has. Yeah. Yes, and then he has. You, you add in Keith Lee, who now comes mm-hmm. in, and then he has to face Randy Orton on payback mm-hmm. and you know i understand why and i you know i i have no problem with it but i think keith yep. lee's going to be a big star but i just think be. monday night raw has some problems and i'm just going to put i just put it out there 
Come on, Vince, let your people do their job. Give them a few yes. weeks. Let them plan out the show that they're planning out. And then you can say, that didn't work. And we got to change it for next week. Do something better. This coming in at the last minute, I think, hurts the product. I really, really do. So. Well, you you tell me. I mean, you watch you watch Raw and SmackDown more than I can. Um, is it? To, and we all agree the three hours for Raw Yuck. is getting annoying. It is getting annoying. And, and SmackDown with the new Thunderdome that they've got, it's starting Yuck. to. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what's happening to the Thunderdome right now. Uh, the fans are starting to do things on camera. They're banning fans from being on camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a special guest on camera. We'll talk about that later. Uh, well, that, let's talk about it now. Go ahead. Who is? I don't know guy? if the rumor is true or not. I. It was Kenny Omega. I I didn't see him, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, Kenny Omega, there's there is a video where you actually see Kenny Omega uh, during a segment on SmackDown. I and love it. There his face, there his face was. I love and, it. So, and now the internet is just blown up because, oh my gosh, AEW was on SmackDown. Who cares? <laughs> I think it's great, but there are, there are problems with this Thunderdome. I mean, fans are being banned because. One fan, stupid idiot jerk, actually dressed up in KKK outfit. Yeah. Idiot, idiot, idiot. Don't, I mean, Mm -hmm. that is, we're so over that crap. Just let it go, you know? And then Mm -hmm. I I remember watching it. I think it was during uh, SummerSlam, and somebody had put a big old picture of Pikachu on there. And uh, you've seen other people look like they're picking their nose. One guy mm-hmm. looked like he was trying to scratch his weld, you know. I don't well, – it just – it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Well, see, I mean, that that's the thing that I'm having a problem with is that, okay, you're, you're, you're bringing back – you're trying to bring back fans, but dang, this is not the – this is not a – this is not fan participation. This is – and you're, you're still pumping in the noise, the noise from the crowd. You're pumping it in. We all can tell that. Yeah, can't, can't, and it's just, it becomes a drone, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like mm-hmm. a white noise. It's it's almost aggravating. It's just, yeah, it's just not it's working, ridiculous. guys. You know, come on. But mm-hmm. once again, like I, I did a few weeks ago when we were talking about uh, the Raw Underground, at least they're trying something different. At they are trying you know, something different. But sometimes yes. different doesn't work, and when different doesn't work, no. you get rid of it, you know? And I don't think this well, is I mean, working. Yeah. And none of it is really working. Um, I mean, you tell me when in SummerSlam and Roman made his big debut back, uh-huh. what was your first reaction? Was it yay or was it uh, again? No, no, you know, you might have had that reaction because I know I, you're I, not a Roman. Bit. But a, a little bit, I did. Mm-hmm. My reaction was he's coming back as a heel, and that's what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when they signed the contract last Friday night, and he comes on and says, you know, uh, his little Paul Heyman stick, and then Heyman comes on screen and says, believe that. I actually cheered. 
I, I'm, I'm glad that they put him with Paul Heyman. Now he's got a voice, and it, 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 it's a perfect fit, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns. But the only thing that I have a problem with with Roman right now, Roman, do me a favor. Take your Invisalign teeth that were sticking out so much <laughs> that day, that night, that now you're, you're showing off your smile. I mean, good gosh, man. That's great. You got perfect teeth now. Perfect teeth. Oh. But, so, but it was uh, it was interesting to see Roman come back. And now, now the crowd, if it was a live crowd, I, I know they would give it a big pop. And now the the fans are happy because he's finally turned heel. And that's what so, he needs to be. So yeah. they tried Roman as a face. Didn't work. And he was okay. It didn't work it, because no. he doesn't have the mic skills. He doesn't even have the look of a face. So now he's coming back as a heel. He's got Paul Heyman to be his Mm -hmm. mouthpiece. So they're still doing this retribution thing. And I'm hoping that they tie in with, uh, with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, that that would make sense. And then they could do their cross brand thing, which they said they weren't going to do. So, you know, I, I'm happy to have Roman Reigns back. I, I really am uh, because he's just, He's a great heel. And then mm-hmm. that brings up another subject. Okay. Bobby Lashley, who oh, won the Lord. U.S. title against mm-hmm. uh, Apollo Crews. Let's talk yeah. about Bobby Lashley when he came back to the WWE a couple of years ago. What was Zane, you, and I all saying about Bobby Lashley at that point? He needs to be a heel. Exactly. He needed to be a heel. And so, how long did they go with him saying, my sisters, I love you. Well, I love my sisters too, but I'm not in a pro wrestling with the body of an Adonis and a look that could kill. You know? And he's going, sisters, I, I love you. I love you. Of all the things for you to do for this big, bad UFC or uh, pride fighter, and, and then the first thing you do is bring him, I love you. Okay, whatever. That that's fine. Give him a sweater. But now so, he's uh-huh. with MVP and Sheldon yeah. ben- Benjamin, and they've mm-hmm. got the hurt business going on. And once again, I gotta say I like it. I have never been a fan of MVP, but right now I am. I like it. Well, M- yeah, MVP's really stepped up his MVP has really stepped up his game now. I mean, I'm I'm impressed with MVP. So I'm glad that's happened. I'm glad that they got this faction going. And you never know. They need to bring in more people like that. There needs to be more factions in the WWE. But, I mean, not too many now, people. Come on. We've had those factions in, what was it? Dude? All those factions in, in AEW. You had the Yeah, you the got a lot. Circle. You got a, yeah. you got you a lot going many. on there, yeah. So. Yeah, so. yeah, I think, you know, maybe three or four <laughs> at a time is probably enough. A woman's mm-hmm. faction, oh, yeah. which they're going to be working on. I think uh, Vicky Guerrero is going to head up a woman's faction. You know, she's she's back with AEW now. And then um, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say one more time that when someone comes into the WWE and they try to make them something they're not, it's not going to work. You know, Keith Lee would be a great heel, but he's got the personality that people just gravitate to 
So let him be a face for a while, then let him turn heel, and I think he'll do okay. I think Keith Lee is going to be a big, big star. One of the people they're saying Retribution, Dominic Divakovic, that guy, (laughs) I can't pronounce his name, will be part of that. I think he's going to be a big star. i tell you what we're going to do, Chris. We're going to talk about NXT, but we're going to wait just a second because my lovely wife, Teresa, is going to be talking about AEW. And she's becoming a fan of all elite wrestling. And we're going to do that next right here on Turnbuckle Trash. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Wait for the signal. Wait for it. Let's go. This is Turnbuckle Trash. Turnbuckle Trash is growing. Now, Turnbuckle Trash can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and TuneIn. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. And now on Turbuckle Trash, I get to have one of my favorite people in the entire world. And no, it's not you, Zane. <laughs> or Chris. Or Chris. It's my lovely wife, Teresa, who has been a wrestling fan, then not a wrestling fan. And now she's getting to be kind of, sort of, almost a wrestling fan because of all elite wrestling. Hi, T-Girl. Hi. Well, we have all kinds of little stupid pet <laughs> names, don't we? <laughs> yeah, Bufy Wolfie. Oh, geez. Thank you so much for sharing that one. Uh, by the way, uh, with all elite wrestling, which has been on almost a year now on, on TNT, their ratings have been solid. Not great, but solid. But there's been certain portions that you actually look forward to Wednesday nights when NBA isn't doing their stupid <laughs> stuff. Uh, but Wednesday nights when All Elite comes on, why are you becoming an All Elite fan? Because it's fun. I laugh my head off when Jericho comes out, especially when he's an announcer. He is hilarious. That, that's that's to me. They need to get Chris on at least for an hour every week because he just comes up with all these different funny things. And now he's the demo god. I remember years ago in WWE, he was the Ayatollah of Rockarola. Uh, he's been uh, Y2J and more. But he he really is fun, isn't he? He's hilarious. And this past week, can I can I tell something that for people who may not have been watching it? I can okay. I yeah, okay yeah. okay no spoilers here. Yeah, I was thinking trying to think of that word. Anyway, um, watching Jim Ross as Orange Orange Cassidy comes through the curtain behind him to attack Jericho, who's sitting next to him. Now, uh, Dave has told me that Jim Ross does not want to know the what happens in advance. He wants to. He wants it fresh. He wants to be able to just react. And honest emotions. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look like he was none too happy, did he? I thought uh, Tony was going to have to check him for a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a, a good bet. Then you are an Orange Cassidy fan, right? I am a, a squeezer. I guess we could call squeezers. <laughs> Maybe not. As long as I'm doing the squeezing, <laughs> if and you know what I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, what was it that Orange Cassidy? Because, you know, I wasn't an Orange Cassidy you fan. You were not. And I, I had to lead you to the freshly squeezed side. Oh. <laughs> 
Gee, thank you. Uh, no, I became an Orange Cassidy fan when I watched that match that he had against Pac. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling you, that guy can go. Mm -hmm. And then this feud he's had with, uh, with Chris Jericho has been incredible. <laughs> and that famous orange jacket that just keeps getting more orange each, each week. Yeah, and it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. So now coming up on the pay-per-view on September the 5th, they're going to have a, what do they call it, Formosa match? I'm not a drinker, so I don't know what they call this. Yeah, it's a Formosa. A, a Formosa, yeah. Uh, no, it starts with an M, I think. Mimosa? Yeah, Mimosa. Something. Anyway, anyway. we're not drinkers, okay? <laughs> we're Mormons. <laughs> but it's they're going to take um, gallons of orange juice, and then they're going to have all these uh, these bottles of a little bit of the bubbly, and we ain't talking no 7-Up neither. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, but uh, they're going to put that all together, and you win the match by dumping your opponent into this drink. Ah. I just think it's going to be fun. Well, I can picture Jericho just running over and jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody bring me a straw. <laughs> Who needs to be pushed? Uh -huh. And then there's uh, we're going to get into the serious side because there's some things that you really don't appreciate about what's mm. going on in AEW. Tell us about that. I don't like the blood. I don't like them cutting themselves. And even when... Um, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy started bleeding. I thought, oh, I said, oh, he cut himself. And you said, no, that really was an accident. Yeah, that was an accident when uh, uh, Sammy Guevara yeah. threw that chair and it went through his hands and cut him 13 stitches, Ooh. by the way, or 13 staples. And they're they're building that into the storyline a little bit. I think they're going to have a match during the pay-per-view. And then we've watched over the weeks, uh, and uh, for a while we could hear her voice in the background and we could see her in the background and now vicky guerrero is part of aew isn't that yeah great? she's she's like managing the female side of it or something uh, she's uh, she's the manager of the i don't i can't remember the wrestler's name <laughs> they haven't now. been out for a couple of weeks yeah it's the it's the man woman the uh she's transgender oh yeah 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 but vicky guerrero we we had the opportunity to meet vicky mm -hmm. uh at uh, uh the I want to call it Comic-Con. That's not what they call it. Fan, so, fan, fan, fan X. X. Fan yeah. X in Salt Lake City. And I got to tell you guys, I've met a lot of celebrities over my day with uh, you know what I do in, in radio. I've, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of people, but I cannot meet, I have not met a person that I thought was as nice and genuine as Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, and then you see her on TV just being this mean, hard, mean you know, yelling, screaming, and that is exactly opposite what she is in real life yeah and when we had her on our podcast maybe we'll have to pull that out sometime and play that again soon uh that interview that uh, she did with us on our podcast she took the time to send a personal message to a, a friend of ours who's going through a rough time mm -hmm. and and uh, she was so nice to you at fanx too yeah she remembered my name yeah, yeah that that is hard because <laughs> i meet thousands of people guys and it's just it's amazing but vicky's daughter has been a part of doing uh, the ring announcing for the recent uh, women's tag team title uh, tournament. That uh, She did a great job. Oh, she did an awesome job. I think they should have her full time. She yeah. did great. Yeah, she used to do that uh, uh, for, I don't know if it's New Japan or Glow, uh, when they were on uh, Access TV. She was their ring announcer. And she's married to a former wrestler who used to be in the WWE, Aiden English, who might be uh, most rem remembered as it's Rusev Day! It's Rusev Day! Uh, yeah, he was the guy that came up with the song for Rusev Day. And, cool. And uh, Mary, and he's, he says he's very happy to be a part of the Guerrero family. 
But, Teresa, you ready for the pay-per-view coming up September the 5th? Orange, orange, orange. If that doesn't work, I'll squeeze it myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, thank you so much for being part of Turnbuckle You're Trash. You're welcome. It's nice to get a female point of view. Sometime. Oh, am I in trouble? Whack, whack. <laughs> I didn't get squeezed. We'll get back to Chris in just a little bit, but, you know, I've been on a radio program a few times called For the People on uh, 610 KVNU in Logan, Utah. It's an AM talk station. And my friend is going to join me, Jason Williams, the host of For the People. He's also a wrestling fan, but every time I'm on his show, he's asking me questions about wrestling. So now I'm going to turn the tide over to him, and I'm going to talk to him about why he is a wrestling fan and a big fan of Turnbuckle Trash, by the way. Ah, very good. So we'll be back with uh, with Jason right after this on Turnbuckle Trash. Beware, mad dog. Beware, killer. We know where you live. We know where your parents live. We will have our revenge. Pipe bomb. No, I want to holler the loud funny words. I like Darren. He is my friend. I like you and him. It is my pleasure at this time on Turnbuckle Trash to talk to one of the trashiest men I have ever met in my life. The man adores his trash because he has a political talk show. And that is pretty trashy as it is. Jason Williams from For the People on KVNU and Logan. He's a co-worker and a good friend of mine and also is a professional wrestling fan. Jason, thanks for being on this edition of Turnbuckle Trash. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, and it is an honor to be invited. I'm a longtime fan of, Dave, you know I'm a longtime fan of you, uh, but a longtime fan of the podcast, too. Uh, one of the most fun podcasts, I think, out there. Well, thank you very much. We, we, we try to have fun because it's a fun subject, this, this stuff we call professional wrestling. Now, Jason, uh, we're going to talk about your program a little bit later on, but I wanted to talk to you basically because... This is my podcast. I don't have to take any kind of commercial breaks. I can do what the heck I want, and I want to find out what got you involved with professional wrestling. You know, I was thinking about this, uh, assuming it might come up while we were talking today, so I thought about it all weekend long, and, and it's a combination of, so I've had a few friends who have always been interested in in wrestling it, it, in some way, and including uh, occasionally getting me out to uh, the bouts when they would come to Salt Lake. And it's always been an, intriguing to me how dedicated the fan base uh, is when it comes to wrestling. And, and, and also you have your uh, typical divisions, kind of. You have the WWE fans, you have the, and sometimes they war a bit with each other. Mm -hmm. And, and it, being someone who has always followed politics like sports, since uh, my, my teens, uh, it was intriguing to me how similar that can be. But really, I think what won me over and got me paying attention was realizing, again, because I follow politics so closely, realizing some of these parallels between the performative nature of uh, political campaigns and uh, some of the, the amazing theater, the, the highlights over the years, iconic moments from wrestling, I realized that Politics is this thing that has just kind of been toxic throughout all of our lives and, and, and yet is, is performative and, and 
and the opposite of entertaining. And then over here you have wrestling, which has a lot of similarities to, uh, you know, the, the performative nature of, of politics or political campaigns, at least. And yet it's not toxic. It, it's actually something I describe as very healthy form of entertainment that has the longevity. I mean, really, the, the longevity of wrestling is kind of unmatched, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's been back from uh, back in the carny days where there were some what they call shoot wrestlers who would actually go in and take on some of the the local yokels and turn them inside out. And and uh, then it got to play uh, to the point where some of the locals might win every once in a while. They didn't like that, the pros. So they started finding ways to knock them out, you know, by putting them over by a certain area and, and somebody hitting them with, uh, you know, some kind of foreign object, as they say in professional wrestling now. But that's how, it, you know, it got started. And then it started getting to more of the performance aspect of it. It's still very, very physical. Uh, as you and I have talked on your on your show a couple of times, that you know these people they do get hurt they do get cut they sure. do blow out tendons they blow out their knees they get concussions we've had broken necks we've had a couple of deaths in the ring but to hear you talk about politics and professional wrestling i almost <laughs> giggled there because you know who is in the WWE Celebrity Hall of Fame you do you do you get? You want to guess? Yeah, I know. I know where you're headed. <laughs> it is none other than President Donald Trump. Uh, sir, yeah, he's actually been in the ring, right? I uh, not necessarily in the ring, but they had a storyline several years ago where Vince McMahon uh, and I think is when they were trying to get uh, WrestleMania into Trump Plaza that they they became friendly. And they did a storyline where eventually it was Donald Trump picking his man to go against Vince McMahon's man in a hair versus hair match. And it did get a little physical between the two of them every once in a while. And our now president won that match, and Vincent Kennedy McMahon had to get his head shaved. So, <laughs> See, this, I think, is what really started to win me over and, and, and made me start, again, spending my whole life knowing just enough to, to you know, I knew who the, the big figures were. And, and when he, when you say, when someone would say to me, well, like, a, you know, Vince McMahon, I knew who that was. Uh, being a kid of the 80s, of course, there was a lot of crossover in, in wrestling and other things, including MTV for a long time. Right. Uh, it, and so I, I was new enough, but and, and again, what, what finally got me paying really close attention and, and starting to follow storylines and all of this stuff was exactly kind of what you're talking about there. You have these, these figures. So, of course, at the time that this happens is a, uh, just a celebrity. He's, he's not associated in any way with politics, but he's, it, that was what they did. They, they brought these celebrities in as a way to, to draw eyeballs and attention, but then they... They wrote in these so so memorable storylines <laughs> for these celebrities, oftentimes the exact opposite of what you would expect. And then you saw the reverse happen. You saw, you know, these these wrestling celebrities, people who were known only for being involved with wrestling, that would then cross over into uh, some of the most fun horror movies I think that have ever been made. Uh, mm -hmm. Into uh, even even commentary when it came to sports. And, and I wanted to 
touch on something you said there, Dave, about wrestling as a sport. I, people don't realize, and I didn't until I looked it up, until I've had conversations with you to talk about this type of thing and learn more from you, but they train. Oh, These they train. train as time. much of a professional athlete, any professional athlete does. Well, Jason, also one thing that a lot of people, uh, at probably the people that listen to us a lot, we've heard us talk about that. A lot of times you'll get an athlete, a professional collegiate high school athlete that will make some comments about professional wrestling that aren't really nice. And sure. uh, then uh, a wrestler will say, hey, come train with us. And they will run the ropes. And the running the ropes is very simple. They get in the ring and they just go from side to side and they hit these ropes and they get going back and forth. And then if you're training, you're going to have your trainer yelling out, drop. And just like in a football drill where you drop to the mat, then you have to get back up and run the ropes again. Well, I was talking to Marlon Bishop, who is a star in DCW and also in Colorado Springs and Rocky Mountain Pro and getting a lot of looks by some of the big organizations. This guy has a talent. He's got the look. He's got the, I mean, You've seen Marlon Bishop, he and one of the nicest men you want to talk to. But I talked to Marlon, and we talked about this on the podcast, about running the ropes. And he said the first time he ever ran the ropes, he didn't realize the spring the ropes actually gave to these wrestlers, and he almost fell on his face the first couple of times. Really? Yeah. And then there are several stories where people would say, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to try out for pro wrestling. And uh, they quit after a day. And I'm going to give you one story before I tell you who this person was, because he was a very famous, famous person. He decided he wanted to give the pro wrestling gig a chance. And he goes to a training school, gets into the ring, and he's making fun of people because this guy was in tremendous physical shape. And the trainer decided he didn't particularly like this. So he broke mm. his ankle. Wow. Yeah. It was Matsuda was the trainer. I think his name was Hiro Matsuda. It was in Florida. And Terry Bonella, I think is how he pronounces his name, better known as Hulk Hogan, was that wrestler. <laughs> and then about a year later, he came back, he was humbled, and he became a huge, huge star. Yeah, I, 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 probably one of the most memorable, right? At least yeah. for certain generations. Hulk exactly. Hogan is synonymous with, with wrestling. It's interesting to me, too, Dave, that when you talk to people, and I know this is probably frustrating for, for some of you who follow it um, as closely as you do, but uh, WWE is also synonymous with professional wrestling. I hear mm-hmm. people say that all the time, that, you know, they, oh, yeah, I follow wwe i follow and but they don't mean wwe they're talking about something else but if they see wrestling on tv that's how successful uh the wwe was in the 80s and 90s at at sort of branding themselves as as the place for professional wrestling now uh, yeah you're very very right you know wcw and w at the time wwf were going at it in something called the monday monday night wars and uh, WCW was winning for so many weeks. And then the WWF, who later had to change their name to the WWE because of a court litigation with the World 
Wildlife Fund, believe it or not. Uh, and <laughs> so now they had they changed their name to the WWE. But when they bought uh, WCW and then bought ECW, and then all the the little what they called territories were either bought out by Vincent Kennedy McMahon and Titan Sports, or they folded and uh, didn't compete anymore. And then if you wanted to watch wrestling, you watched WWE unless you were lucky enough to have one of the smaller promotions that was still putting on shows, and there just weren't that many of them. So the name WWE became synonymous with professional wrestling. But that is changing and I'm glad to say that. Yeah, that's. I think that's been exciting, too, to see some of these uh, smaller leagues, I guess, grow and, and kind of take on, you know, nothing against the WWE and, and the history they have with wrestling in general, really building it up uh-huh. in, those, uh, in those 80s and 90s decades. But uh, it's, it's fun to see these other leagues uh, take a take them on, I guess, and, and for the, the eyeballs, for the, the limited airspace that they all have. And, and you know, I remember, Dave, this was, uh, it's still a pretty big thing in, in ways, uh, although media's changed so much now, but I remember, and, and people forget this, but you, you see these pay-per-view boxing events, these pay-per-view, uh, you've got all of these dedicated channels now, especially on the satellite uh, networks for, uh, you know, various sports packages, uh, professional wrestling legitimized that, mm-hmm. and people for, forget that. The, the pay-per-view was something that was sort of laughed and scoffed at when it first became a thing on the cable uh, networks, and and then professional wrestling showed that pay-per-view was a huge moneymaker. Well, you know, <laughs> throughout we the years, yeah, that. well, yeah, boxing was, you know, so big, but throughout the years, television has loved professional wrestling or hated professional wrestling. Back in the early days with the Dumont Company, which was one of the big networks at the time, they would have uh, wrestling on, and they had a star named Gorgeous George Jr. And Gorgeous George (laughs) Jr. became a huge star on TV. Everybody wanted to watch the wrestling when Gorgeous George Jr. was on that. He played kind of an effeminate character, very flamboyant, he was blowing yeah. out uh, perfume into the crowds, and his uh, his valet, the woman who came out with him, went on to become the fabulous Moolah, who is a big name in women's wrestling. But Gorgeous George Jr. influenced boxing in a way that a lot of people don't realize. And I think you and I have talked about this before, because there was a young man who lived in Louisville, Kentucky, that was a great athlete who went on to win a gold medal in boxing and then dominate professional wrestling. And he used professional, not not professional wrestling, pro boxing. He dominated in pro boxing, but he used something he learned watching on professional wrestling, and that was how to promote the match. That was Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali. And uh-huh. he, he learned how to to use his personality, which you gotta have a personality, to be funny, yeah. to talk about floating like a butterfly, stinging like a bee, you know, you better watch out Sunday, listen, I'm gonna knock you down in three. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> he used that to promote his upcoming matches. And you either loved him 
or you hated him. And what happens in professional wrestling? You either love that man or you hate that man. And the promo sets that up. And that's what I think professional boxing has kind of forgotten about. But MMA has picked up on it a little bit because you see people like McGregor and, and that, they promote their matches by doing wild stunts and things. I'm just amazed by it. That's been really interesting to me because I have, so I have a, a, a couple of friends, uh, one a huge MMA fan and, and one a, a pro wrestling fan, and they argue about that constantly. And my friend who's a huge MMA fan is, is constantly putting down professional wrestling and constantly making, you know, poking fun at my friend for being a huge, my other friend for being a huge fan of it. And, and what's interesting to me about that is that I kind of get it. The MMA people think that they're more serious, more legitimate as a sport. Uh, but they wouldn't exist without wrestling, MMA. No. And, and second, MMA really only got its legs and started to, to be a, you know, a, a franchise that, that got a lot of attention when they started adopting some of those things, like you mentioned, the personalities of the fighters and the, the, the scuffles between fighters behind, outside of the rings and things like that. As soon as MMA started borrowing a lot of that from the professional wrestling world, that's when it took off. That's exactly and, and right. And so I find it interesting that MMA fans can sometimes get a little cocky about being a spinoff of <laughs> professional wrestling. Okay, I'm not going to ask you his full name. I don't want to do that, but I want to ask you this guy's first name. What uh, is Brett. His? Hey, Brett. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo, you are wrong, brother. <laughs> Brock right. Lesnar, uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, let's see who else I'm going to come up with. Jack Hager, uh, Ronda Rousey. Uh, those are just some of the names that have competed in MMA and went to professional wrestling to make some real money. Yeah. And not saying anything against MMA. I mean, I'm not a big no. fan of MMA by any means, but they are incredible athletes, and it's sure. very dangerous. Oh, Bobby Lashley, another one. Bobby Lashley, a huge Bellator uh, man. He's won the belts. Now he's the U.S. champion. Uh, Brock Lesnar just in trouble now with WWE. They took off his uh, merchandise and everything off their off their oh, shop right. today. Uh, so, yeah, but, uh, you know, bigger name than Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey in MMA. Is there a bigger name in women or men than those two? No. Okay. So, and, that, and, and, and they've, they're two great examples of people who have borrowed that, uh, that approach, right? Yeah. The, the pro wrestling approach to a sport. Yeah. I'm going to take you back uh, just a few minutes ago when we were talking about uh, WrestleMania and pay-per-views. When when uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon decided to do the WrestleMania, he oh, yeah. put, and I'm just going to say this, he put his ass on the line, okay? He put yeah. everything he had, all the money he had, all of his assets, almost everything he had, into making this work because he had to have the TV, he had to have the rights, he had to rent the arena, he had to sell the tickets, he had to pay the talent, he had to do all this. So it was a major undertaking. And sure. if it had not had been a success, there would no uh, no longer be a WWE. And that yeah. that is just a fact. I mean, you could 
talk to Vince McMahon himself, if you could get him on the phone, he would tell you the same thing, that it was a huge gamble. And I think when it really got its legitimacy was WrestleMania three, which was at Detroit, I think over 80,000 fans, the largest indoor um, indoor attendance record at the time for a professional sporting event was held right there in Detroit. And it was WrestleMania three when you had Andre the Giant against Hulk Hogan. And by the way, that was the first pay-per-view I ever bought. So, really? Yeah, I was living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I got up. I was supposed to go to church. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to spend money instead. Shame on me. <laughs> so, that was really cool. That was, so a, a few friends and I uh, pooled our money and talked um, our parents into into that into that pay-per-view. We put all of our lawn-mowing allowance together. And, mm-hmm. and that was one of the first I remember seeing. And then... Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, and so I went. I went and looked because I was thinking about that exactly. How, like you mentioned, uh, McMahon putting literally everything on the line, both the, the 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 assets of the franchise that he built to that extent at that point, and also his personal life. He was he stood to lose everything, everything, if, if if that had flopped. And and now, so I went and looked, and and throughout, I, I only had the the time to to really look back through 2020, but throughout uh, this year. Uh, the the stock price you can actually buy stock in WWE now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Zane price. Zane is a stockholder. Oh really? Yes, he is a stockholder. He owns That's one share. Really cool. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's a cool thing to own because yeah. this year I went and looked, thinking back to that first WrestleMania that could have just just ended everything if it hadn't been a hit, and now today it did not dip below forty dollars. Wow. A share this entire year. That's incredible. That, that is, I mean, that is a recession-proof stock. That is, uh, <laughs> but that's really cool to think of of it coming that far. Yeah, and and when when you think about how professional wrestling started and how it uh, used to be, and it still is to a point. You know, in bars and uh, every once in a while, you'll have some of the the. Uh, uh, I hate to say the word midget wrestling because it's politically incorrect. Little people wrestling even comes to Logan sure. every once in a while. And that's and very, that's kind of, that. yeah. But I was saying, you know, that it, it goes to VFW halls and uh, then you'll, you'll find them in high schools, just any little yeah. place that can get two to 300 people. There have been professional wrestling matches throughout the years and sometimes when these these independents, uh, the smaller wrestling companies, they'll put on an event. It's just basically for their families, and you know maybe yeah. ten or fifteen fans will show up. But it's the love of performing that uh, I think gets to some of these guys. And of course, most of them are very good athletes. They like to stay in shape. But if you are a performer in any arena, and I think. Even in your arena, doing political talk radio, it gets in your blood, doesn't it? You look forward to it. And you do have to uh, sometimes remind yourself that it's not just for fun, right? Yeah. Because it gets, it gets very fun. And yes, you have, it does. You get engaged in this and that, and, and then you have to pull it back to this professional level sometimes. And you see that in wrestling, too, I think. Yeah. Uh, because that's... So one thing that's always intrigued me about wrestling is, and I challenge anybody to be able to do this, 
Uh, go back. For those people, you hear this all the time, oh, I don't like it because it's fake. You know what? Go back and spot the the, the rivalry between two wrestlers or, or between two wrestling camps even uh-huh. and, and point, point to the ones that you know were a script. You can't. And there have been real rivalries. There have yes. been real – there have been people in wrestling that literally, actually, in real life, hated each other and they played that up yeah i love that let me let me just tell you this uh you've heard the name kurt angle you know that name one of uh wrestling gold medal in the atlanta olympics with a broken freaking neck okay that is true he had a broken neck when he competed well he moves to tna impact wrestling and he starts having a fling with jeff jarrett's wife and it got to the point where she left Jeff and married Kurt, and they wrote that into the storyline. And yeah, they had to get it. Part of the show. Yeah, it became part of the show. Uh, in the WWE lore, you had Lita, who was connected with Matt Hardy. Then oh, she got hooked up with uh, Edge, and there was a lot of heat between the two. And they still had to perform and be professional in the ring about it. You know that had to just be so hard. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and, and some of the, the storylines about, uh, you know, when McMahon was more directly involved in, in the in the stories themselves, mm-hmm. the storylines about certain wrestlers that, that he did not or get along with or that didn't get along with him, a lot of that was real. Uh-huh. And they embra- embraced it, you know, instead of, Instead of it becoming some toxic thing that led to, you know, someone not working there or a, a CEO having to step down, they actually embraced it, it, made it a part of the story, and and played it up. And I, that's just an amazing way to handle that. And and there's there's a really good story there. Everyone that has followed wrestling in the last twenty years knows that uh, McMahon has been Mr. McMahon has been a character that is feuded with a lot of different wrestlers, including Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, he's wrestled, uh, I mean, he's had all these feuds. But where it started off was he was promoting, he was also doing TV commentary, and there was something called the Montreal Screwjob. When Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, who had real live heat, and if you're just listening for the first time, heat means that they really didn't like each other. They didn't appreciate each other. Shawn Michaels was abusing drugs and alcohol. Bret Hart was pretty straight-laced. He didn't like the flamboyant style of wrestling. Shawn Michaels embraced it. The fans were there. Well, uh, Bret Michaels was going to leave the WWE or the WWF at the time because he got this huge offer to make more money at WCW. And Vince McMahon said he couldn't match that. He was going to let him out of his contract. But he wanted Brett to drop the title to Shawn Michaels in Canada, where Bret Hart is a living god. I mean, just put it there. He is a huge, huge star, especially at the time. And Brett didn't want to do that in front of his hometown people. Well, there's different stories out there. Some people say it was what they call the work, where... Uh, you know, it was all planned out in advance. And then there are other people saying, no, this really happened. That there was a time when the referee, one, two, three, or said that Brett Michaels, uh, Brett Michaels, uh, Shawn Michaels tapped out uh, uh, Bret Hart 
and became the champion, but it was Brett who did not tap out. He did not re, did not say he quit. So it's called the Montreal screw job. Brett was so upset, and there is a documentary about that if you ever want to ch- check it out. Talks about oh, really? the whole thing. Yeah, it is fascinating. They follow Brett all around before this match and uh, try and trying to get everything worked out so they're all feeling good about him dropping the title when it was going to be dropped. And Brett wanted to drop it and thought the agreement was going to be on Monday Night Raw the next night. Vince didn't want that. He wanted it dropped. He said the fix is on. He took the title away from him. Brett got so mad he walked in the door where Vince was. Vince basically said, I deserve this and let Bret Hart knock him out. Just cold cocked him. Yeah, and that that's that is the truth. So he took one because he knew he had screwed and he knew the guy was so mad about it. So that led to the next night when, you know, everybody at that time was pretty much knowing that professional wrestling was predetermined. But here comes Vince McMahon out with a black eye and he says, Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. Well, some fans were furious with him. Some fans thought it was the right thing to do, but that was kind of the birth of Mr. McMahon, not Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon as a heel in a professional wrestling character. And that is carried on to this day. That is, and, and, and his image changed with that, right? He started, Suddenly, he was the suit and tie guy, and he was the <laughs> yeah, and, and he was the the villain in so many of the storylines. And and yeah, he became one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And there is humor in professional wrestling. You got to admit that some of the stuff they do is absolutely hilarious. Vince was in the hospital, and uh, he had a broken ankle. So here's Vince, you know, in the hospital, and they're working on this gimmick. And the first gimmick was to have Mankind, Mick Foley, in his character as Mankind with the mask and everything, coming in (laughs) trying to cheer up Vince in the hospital bed. And he pulls out just a sock, a sweat sock, you know, just an athletic sock. And he's painted a face on it and called it Mr. Socko. (laughs) Well, the next night on Monday Night Raw, there were thousands of people in the stands with socks on their hands. And it became a huge storyline with Mankind and Mr. Socko. <laughs> then and on that, that yeah, for and, years, right? yeah, for years. And then in that same night, and you can watch uh, any kind of thing on YouTube about this, Stone Cold talked about it a lot, that he was supposed to come in and he was the one that broke uh, uh, Mr. McMahon's ankle and he was having this feud with him. So he came in, and he was going to beat up Mr. McMahon in the hospital bed, and they were going to take a urinal, you know, the stainless steel urinal, and he was going to hit Vince McMahon in the head with it. And of course, they're trying; they're not trying to hurt each other, but they wanted that sound. They wanted that real sound to like Vince was going to be hit. But he hit him with this urinal, this bedpan, and it made this wonderful sound. 
And I even posted that a couple of weeks ago on our Facebook page. You can probably find that and watch that. It is one of the funniest things you ever want to see in your life, especially <laughs> Mr. Sacco, you know. And I think that I think that's one of the things I love about professional wrestling because things can go organic. You can yeah. write script, you can do things, you can say, I'm going to force this wrestler down the people's throats and they're going to love him. And then the fans fight back and they say, no, we don't want this. We want that. Yeah. Remember Daniel I Bryant think, and the yes movement? Yeah, that was, and, and that right there is a great example of, I think why professional wrestling wrestling has had the longevity and success it's had because they've never fought that. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, there have been times, I guess, where they where they fought it for a little while, hoping that this plan they had would work out because they'd invested in it. But wrestling in general has been quick to say, all right, the fans have spoken, and we're dropping our plan because the fans don't like it. And, and, and that, I think, if you think about anything that involves a, a script or a plan that has failed, it usually fails for that reason. You know, your favorite uh, TV show. Uh, Dave, I know you and I are both fans of, of uh, the Arrow series, and right. I think that's one of the th- one of the things that went wrong there. Mm-hmm. Towards the you know in those latter seasons, they kind of uh, you know they should have stuck to what fans wanted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wrestling has never had that problem because they've always listened to the fans and responded to the fans relatively quickly. And you know that that is one of the great things about it. You know, we talked about the Yes movement and. And then a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, if you remember, I had Vicky Guerrero uh, on the podcast with me after meeting yeah. her, and uh, yeah, oh, it was it was so much fun talking to her. But she talked about her catchphrase. If everybody know, if you know Vicky Guerrero, you know she always goes around. Excuse me. So I asked her how that came about. It was one of those organic things again. She was supposed really? to cut a promo on stage. And they kept on changing the script on her, what she was supposed to say, and she got very nervous. Well, she was supposed to be in a wheelchair after being injured, and she was on the stage, and she kept forgetting what she was supposed to say, and the crowd was just being brutal to her, and she was getting upset. So she just got in the microphone. She said, excuse me. And the fans ate it up. And after she got through with the promo, she was very upset when she got backstage. And she was talking, I think it was to Teddy Long, if my memory serves me right. And she said to Teddy, I can't do this. I just blew that out there. She, he said, no, honey, you got yourself a catchphrase. And <laughs> what, you know, excuse me became her thing. And, and, and a really memorable thing for her, too. Oh. Because her, her delivery on that never falters. And one of the highlights of my life was she said, excuse me, to me. That's very cool. <laughs> that was a fun episode because I remember listening to that episode, and, and you can tell uh, she loves what she does. Right. Like, absolutely just loves it. And, and it's so fun to hear somebody talk about their profession that way and the another thing when you talk about these guys most of them are very educated sure very educated and i can i can take you back and i can't remember the exact wrestler they were talking about but uh, in 
uh, Alexandria, Louisiana, my boss, uh, Louis Coco, went to a wrestling match uh, with his son, and he got backstage, and he was doing some interviews for an upcoming event that was going to be closer to the radio station that he worked at, which I was going to be the, the ringside announcer for, which was a blast, by the way. And he was talking to Michael Michael P.S. Hayes. Do you, do you know, you've, you've heard of that name? Yeah. Okay, the Fabulous Freebirds. They were huge at the time. And I can't remember exactly who he was talking about and cutting a promo. And he said something along the lines of, we, we didn't have to go to college. We didn't have to have this education. We got our education on the streets. That's why we are who we are. And he wrapped up the, the, the promo. And Michael Hayes said to my boss, man, I shouldn't have said that. And Lewis looked at him and said, why? He says, well, you see that guy over there who was playing a character who was supposed to be big, dumb, strong jock. He said, that guy has three PhDs. Wow. Yeah. And he said, everybody in here went to college, and if they didn't graduate, they came very close. These people are smart. They just wanted to do this because they found a way to make money. Now, not every one of them are going to be that way, but the biggest majority of them are educated. They have a financial background. Xavier Woods is working on PhDs. He has his own YouTube channel about uh, uh, video games, Up, Up, Down, Down, I think it's what it's called. He's a very brilliant man. Kofi Kingston, a brilliant man. And these guys, they, they're they not the dumb jocks that everybody thinks they are. No, that's... And, you know, I've always admired, too, how they uh, how they take their their own sport seriously as well. They And, yeah. and even checking each other... Remember, um, I'm forgetting his his name now. They call him Beast Incarnate. Uh, Royal Rumble 2018. Oh, uh, that was Brock Lesnar. Yes, Lesnar. That's yeah. right. Uh, and and he's up there with that with with Braun Strowman, just this huge, huge guy, <laughs> former yeah. uh, strongman title. Anyway, uh, he, so they're they're doing their thing, and you can see it if you've watched wrestling. You can see that. Uh, they're getting outside of each other a little bit on on what the plan was. Uh-huh. Um, they're they're kind of going off script, I guess that you'd say, and it's irritating. Uh, Braun, and uh, he takes a knee, <laughs> takes, and you can tell this is not planned by the reaction from Lesnar, uh, but he he just takes a knee and and just slams. Brock's head into it. Uh, and you can tell as you watch it came out afterwards that that's exactly what happened is this was a check. This was this was Braun saying to Brock, Hey man, focus Slow <laughs> <laughs> down, you're getting off script. But he does it with a knee to the head and it's just quick and it it's but and then Brock kind of stumbles back and has this look on his face like what? Uh, and, and then he throws a he throws a punch and yeah, it's but you can tell that that was a little moment where these two athletes are getting kind of irritated with each other, and and they check each other, and then they just go right back to the to the way things have been laid out, and it ends up being this really cool Royal Rumble. But I always I like that because you see that in every professional sport in some way. Right. Uh, team mem- team members will check other team members, and 
I, there, if you really watch in wrestling, you don't have to look very far for these, you know, ways you can compare it to a professional sport. And and I guess for me, that's um, something I like to bring up as often as I can because it. I never understood why it's not more perceived that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about the training. We've talked about um, these unscripted moments that become these organic. Uh, plot lines that are iconic and, 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 and memorable for decades. And it, it's, this literally just functions the same way that, you know, any professional sport you follow does where you have these, um, you know, celebrities from past years and seasons uh, that I think the, the thing about professional wrestling that to me is the most fun is you could not for a second predict where it's going. Do you think even the producers could? Well, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, things are, quote, scripted. Uh, A lot of times they give them an outline to go with. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a huge, you know, script. But then somebody will play off somebody else and try to make that other person laugh in the ring. Uh, On the (laughs) WWE Network, they have this series of the last, uh, it's all about The Undertaker and his career throughout the years. Fascinating uh, documentary. If you want to learn about professional wrestling, watch that. And Undertaker, uh, he was famous for not laughing, but a couple of times the guys got him. And that would, uh, you know, it, he would just be uh, upset about laughing in the ring and breaking character. Uh, and, and when you brought that up, when you were talking about these characters, these people play, on AEW, there is a man that's under a mask, and he calls himself Luchasaurus. Ah. He's, he's got a dinosaur mask on, and that's his gimmick. Well, a couple I of weeks... I heard about this from you. <laughs> yeah. I, he, he, I, after you told me that, I had to go find the video. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's hilarious. If they ever let him talk, once he got on the microphone and he said, Mom, look, I'm a main event. And and then another time he gets on, he says, you know, I'm just a man underneath a mask. I have a Ph.D., you know, and the crowd just lapped it up. The people were lapping it up. And when I talk about comedy in professional wrestling, and my wife and I talk about this a lot because she's a fan of something called AEW. That is one of the newer promotions that's got nationwide press, uh, Cody I don't want to say Cody Rhodes because he can't use that. Cody Runnels, uh, Dusty Rhodes' son, and the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, uh, and uh, Hangman Page. They put a lot of their money up to start this along with Tony Khan, whose father father owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and is actually richer than Vince McMahon. And they started up on Wednesday nights with AEW. Well, the good thing that they are doing is they're mixing not only their athleticism and their storylines, but inside these serious storylines, there will be moments of comedy. Uh, There is a guy named Orange Cassidy that my wife just absolutely loves, and he's got a feud going on with Chris Jericho, one of the biggest names in the last 20 years of professional wrestling. And Orange Cassidy, his gimmick is he's the sloth-style wrestler. <laughs> and, you know, he, he's freshly squeezed, 
and he's had this great feud where he dumped, dumped a whole bunch of orange juice on a white jacket that Chris Jericho was wearing. And for weeks, Chris Jericho would have this this same jacket stained with orange juice that kept getting oranger and oranger, if that's a word. And uh, he would say, that was some kind of demon seed orange juice that you put on me. It had something because it stinks. And Chris Jericho's <laughs> absolutely hilarious. But boy, when they get in the ring, they go at it. You know, and they'll, they'll just flat go at it. And it's even turned me over to a fan of Orange Cassidy because I wasn't. I didn't like, oh, I thought it was silly, but he can go. And I'll tell you right now in my living room, there are two shirts waiting for cooler weather to hit because they're long sleeve shirts. They are Orange Cassidy shirts that say, he's going to try. <laughs> and my wife and I have one. Mine's gray. Is yours black? Oh, she has the orange one for for Orange Cassidy. And she has another Orange Cassidy shirt that she wears. And they mix this humor with their, their, you know, regular wrestling. And that's their, I guess, their gimmick. They have some very serious matches. There has been blood, kind of like the old school ECW stuff. And then you've seen people get injured, like Matt Hardy had a chair thrown at him. And hit him in the head 13 stitches later. I mean, that wasn't yeah. supposed to happen, but they've written into the storyline now. So, That's sort of, a, there's an interesting crossover here into politics when it comes to to the AEW. Um, they, during, I don't remember what which month it was. It was this year, um, and it was earlier in the spring. Uh, but there was a a, a street fight that end, ended, I think, or maybe it started with. Anyway, it. it at some point in this in this episode, uh, Matt Hardy uh, steals a golf cart and and runs down uh, the Spanish god. Um, yeah, Span- uh, Sammy uh, Guevara. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and and so it's this you know it's it's part of the plot line and everything and, and so he literally runs over with uh-huh. this golf cart. Well, that becomes a meme that, that is everywhere on social media by the next day, even by people who have no idea where it comes from or how it fits into the to the whole AEW set for this year. Uh, but this, this meme becomes so popular, that, but it's in the political world. So people on uh, political Twitter or political Instagram are using this meme <laughs> of Hardy with this huge smile on his face running running the Spanish guy down with a golf cart, and it be, and they're using it to respond to each other when they're arguing online about politics. But half the people have no idea where this comes from. They just <laughs> think it's this hilarious video clip. Yeah. yeah. I, real, I realize that uh, people, that professional wrestling isn't for everybody. You know, sure. I, I realize that. But I, I don't it's like it when... Sport, right? Yeah, I don't like it when people run it down because, after all, it is entertainment. I'll tell you this yeah. right now, and I've said it on the air. I've said it in front of people. I have watched two episodes of Survivor in my life, and that's two <laughs> hours. I will never get back to my life. You're still angry about it, right? Uh, I, it's not for me. But if somebody likes it, I'm not going to cut it down because it's not the kind of entertainment that I enjoy. I sure. want my blood, my guts, and my professional wrestling. No, I enjoy the storylines. I enjoy the athleticism. I enjoy the performers. They become uh, a part of what who I am. I mean, 
You see me, I, I, I quote professional wrestlers all the time, just in the hallways at the radio station. Uh, <laughs> and when I got to meet Jerry the King Lawler, I was a fanboy. I, I, that's, he was one of my childhood idols. And that was an exciting time when you got that opportunity. That was a, talking to you about that in the lead up to and after was a lot of fun. It was. How excited you were! I was. I was psyched. I can't. I was a fanboy, and you were actually at that panel discussion uh, with yeah. Jerry Had sitting right behind me. I didn't even know that you were yeah, behind I, me. I came in late and couldn't. Uh, I would have interrupted too many people glued to the panel there to come up and and make my presence known. But yeah, I was just just behind you and a little to the right. And then you that noticed a- you noticed something that I didn't really notice. My wife did too uh, about that panel. If you can remember what happened about Jerry and me, I'm trying to remember now. You were the one that said that Jerry kept on looking over at me and wanting. To, for me to that's right. to confirm what he was talking about with memory. That's right. You you became uh, the Wikipedia of that panel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You were at, at a certain point because of you know some of the Q and A and the interaction. I do remember that now, and and I thought that was so cool because here you have this panel, and they're sort of turning to you and a couple others in the crowd is like, you know, kind of like, is, this, is what I'm saying right? Is this the real history? Oh, is this the awesome. timeline, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what, that's what is also so intriguing to me about wrestling is that um, it's, you, you see, maybe this is the case with every sport, I guess, now that I think about it as I'm about to say it, but uh, people who like it really like it and they learn about it and they study it and they, uh, get to know all the moving pieces and the players because it adds a more it adds a more nuance a, a more full experience to every episode or game or you know whichever sport you're talking about if you know all the history uh-huh. um, you know you and I both know the the sports show guys at the radio station right uh-huh. and and they they enjoy the average USU game more than the average person I think because they know every bit of minutia behind every name called every every person on the sidelines or on the field and and it adds to their experience in a way that for most people were just there for that one game right mm-hmm. and that's that's what's so fun to talk to you about wrestling about talking to you about wrestling is that you have this history and you understand all these moving pieces and and even where the different franchises have been and come from and, and so talking to you you get a bigger picture of, uh, well, I mean, to be honest with you, that's how I first started. And, and I'm, I'm with your wife on this one. I, right now, AEW, I'm the most excited about. Yes. I, I think, I think there is so much potential there where that's going. Uh, and, and it was, it, that came from a conversation with you where you're talking about how this came about. And, and I think at the time they had just signed Jericho. I'm not sure. It seems like that's when you and I first talked about it. Yeah, it was it was last October. You, uh, I think you had me on on your show on your entertainment segment talking about uh, professional wrestling with them going on the air last October on TNT. I think that's where we uh, we were talking about that. That's and and, <laughs> and so I started kind of paying a little more attention at that point, and that's when I realized that, in, at least my opinion, this has you know, the potential to go somewhere. And I'll be honest, Dave, this is an unpopular opinion. I hope I don't 
cause people to unsubscribe from their podcast saying it, but you, you don't see this type of, uh, I, I guess occasionally in, say, some sports, but like the NFL, for example, uh, you don't see this type of thing where you have uh, this this new blood, uh, this new energy injected on a regular basis that kind of keeps things chugging along. Uh, and I think part of that is because, well, I'll be honest with you. Here's my unpopular opinion. I'll just go straight to it. Okay. <laughs> I, would, I would rather watch a, a hockey game, even a soccer game, which, which uh, let's be honest, sometimes those games can just be a lot of people kicking the ball back and forth and not much else happening. Yeah. Uh, I would rather watch any of those than a televised NFL game. I've, I've, I've never been, but I think going to an NFL game would be just as fun as going to you know your local college or high school games, which I love, and I can watch those televised even. I can't stand to watch televised NFL. Wow. And I think one of the reasons is that there is so little actual gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> but with wrestling, for example, that's all you get. Uh-huh. I mean, you literally, it starts and ends, even when they pause, when there's a pause between sets, when there's, uh, you know, the ring's empty for a bit, and the camera then moves to something that is also part of the game. Mm-hmm. You might not realize it if you're new to the sport, <laughs> but you know, when they go to the locker room, quote-unquote, that's uh-huh. part of the game, too, in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's usually pre-recorded, so... Yeah, but you know, uh, I was going to tell you, uh, I got to get you down to Salt Lake City to Devotion Championship Wrestling sometime. We've got to go down when this pandemic kind of calms down a little bit, you know. And maybe we can get Jessica, your co-host, to come down with us. I don't think we can get Bill. I I bet we couldn't get Bill to come with us. He's a newlywed, you know. So, (laughs) but if we could all go down, yeah. (laughs) And maybe I could introduce you to the uh, federal. Uh, the executive of, I say, how, how does he put it? Anyway, he's uh, the, the man that was appointed by President Trump to be over sports entertainment. That's yeah. the MK Bandit in Salt Lake City. And he doesn't use that gimmick everywhere, but he does occasionally. And, <laughs> uh, and he talks about that. And then, you know, going back into politics, if you can, I'll see if I can find what it is and let you let you see it. Maybe I can even find it and put it on our Facebook page. A few years ago, this I think four years ago, uh, when uh, President Obama and now President Trump were doing their campaign, in Kentucky, eastern Kentucky, which is very conservative, one of the wrestlers decided to become very famous. And his character was being the progressive liberal. And he would come <laughs> to the, the ring spouting liberal ideas in this conservative area. And I'm surprised the man is still alive today. (laughs) The crowd would go absolutely crazy on him. But, you know, tying in politics once again with professional. Yeah. And I think that's what professional life, uh, professional wrestling does. And I talked to Matthew Robles, who is the MK Bandit. And he says he's always thinking about ways and storylines to take something that is happening right now and then putting it into a storyline, as long as it's not too controversial. You know, it's something sure. that maybe is going on in pop culture or something that they can, can, uh, can to live off. Because 
I mean, you look back at the Iron Sheik and then Sergeant Slaughter. Those were controversial characters that could not go today, to be honest sure. with you. They couldn't do it. Yeah. But professional wrestling, thought? yeah, now they have people that are, uh, you know, they're bringing family into it. They're bringing, uh, you know, maybe I just don't like this guy because he tipped my trike into the Cheerios one day. And I don't like him for tipping my trike into my Cheerios, and I'm going to beat him up. They're always trying to find different ways to use real-life storylines and make it into the professional wrestling game. And I think it's fascinating to see how they do that all the time and then if they cross the line, then they have to back off very, very quickly. And I'll give you a, a, a real quick story here. Uh, you remember Rusev, the Bulgarian brute, who wrestled, and he would have a big flag that he would uh, wave. And it was a Russian flag, I believe, when he first came up to the, the big leagues. And he went, oh, yeah. Against, yeah, went against the big show, and the big show took the flag and actually stomped on it. Well, it was a real country's flag. He should not have done that. And the Russian embassy was very upset about it. And the next, the next episode, Big Show got out and he apologized on TV. Yeah. They stepped over that line, which they can do quite often. And, but if you don't try to blur the line, uh, then you're not really trying, you know. You can step over the line, but if you blur the line, maybe you can get away with it. And I think that's one of the great things about pro wrestling. Well, our time, I, I've got to move on to do a couple other things. I know you've got a show coming up on uh, 610 KVNU. It's called For the People. Let's talk about For the People and what you do on your two-hour show and where people can follow you. Uh, basically what we try to do, uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter mainly where I, uh, tweet out some of the things we'll be talking about, post some of the things we'll be talking about. And that's just KVNU FTP on Facebook and Twitter. But, uh, to describe the show, honestly, we take the headlines of the day and, uh, throw them out there, hoping to get a response from listeners. Uh, if we don't get a response from listeners, then it's just me talking. So, uh, that's basically the summary of the show and, uh, it's uh, oftentimes, Dave, a lot more fun to talk about wrestling these days <laughs> than the current headlines. I'll be honest. the truth, man. <laughs> oh, I get so but tired of this crap. So, yeah, the news is hard, and and, uh, and and not to get us back into the discussion here as we've got to wrap up. But uh, that's one of the things that I think brings me back to wrestling again and again in my thoughts. That um, you know, wrestling has has through the decades reflected current events and and like you've mentioned they're played up on current events while there have been lines and boundaries that you know fans will will revolt if they're crossed they can they can take current events and make them a part of things either through a character or a storyline but then do it in a way that is still uh, a, a healthy distraction and and an entertaining way for people to step outside of the news of the day and We've got to celebrate anything that can do that for as long as wrestling has. Yes, we have. So, how can people listen to you uh, online uh, or on an app? Or that's right, online at kvnutalk.com. There's also a KVNU app, and then we do broadcast six ten a.m. and one hundred two point one FM every day. And uh, I've heard tell they can hear us in Rock Springs at least oh. on a clear day. 
So. And uh, you, I know you can get uh, uh, get that on podcast too, available on the website. That's right, on demand section there at kvnutalk.com. And uh, every now and again, you can actually hear Dave on the show. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, <laughs> that's when all the dials go. Nye, 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 nye. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you. The few times we've, we've had a, 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 an excuse to bring you on, and you've had the time to do it, uh, those have been some of our most responded to segments. People oh. love to talk about this, whether they're a fan or a hater. People love to talk about wrestling. I love it. Thank you so much. And uh, and we appreciate that. And I want you to you know plug our show again when I get it up. You know I'll get it on on the line. And you want to say you you know listen to Turnbuckle Trash. You hear me talk professional wrestling. You know and absolutely. Put, and put it on your personal page too. We got to get more people talking about Turnbuckle Trash. That's right. I will, <laughs> and, I will plug it. In fact, I'm going to start teasing this on every show until the episode drops. <laughs> Well, it should be in the next day or so. Hey, you know, you've been a good friend over the years, and I do appreciate your friendship, and I appreciate your uh, being open to coming on uh, the podcast with us today and inviting me on occasion to be a part. And you know I'm always willing to help you out when it when it comes to music or, uh, you know, if it comes to professional wrestling, things that I know about when it comes to politics. Don't call me. <laughs> I don't do no politics. It's healthier that way, honestly. <laughs> uh, no, it's a pleasure, Dave, and, and likewise, uh, proud to call you a friend, and I, I dare say that you've opened, I came I came into our friendship already a fan of, of wrestling, but you've opened my eyes to a lot more of it, and the podcast has as well. Um, yes. You know, for, for everybody listening, if, if you, this is a podcast that doesn't get dated, so go back and catch the episodes you haven't heard, because every single episode, I've, I've learned something that has made wrestling even more entertaining to, to watch and, and follow. Well, thank you so much. And we are working on a way, and I'm probably going to ask you to help me out with this, of being able to put some of our interviews onto our, our, uh, our website page so people can go back and listen to people that we've uh, talked to, professional wrestlers like Vicky Guerrero okay. and the MK Bandit and Manny Lemons. And uh, we've also had uh, Chris Masters on with us and, uh, some pretty big names. So, uh, you know, we, we, we want to get that going and I'm just not a tech guy. So we'll, we'll I'm glad to help. yeah, thank you so much. And good luck with your show for the people on KVNU, Jason Williams. And, uh, I'll call you now forever a trash head. <laughs> I, I will wear the title with honor. <laughs> thank you, Dave. There's no thank you for Chris Jericho. There's no round of applause for Chris Jericho, but that's okay. Because I got my own thank you, because I'm the first AEW champion. What's your name? I don't care. Shut your mouth. All the cops can't believe it. Paramedics. Huh? Where were you when I was bleeding to death? Standing around like a bunch of morons. All you guys can stand in the back of the line. All of you. I guess I'll just have to have my own celebration, won't I? Since nobody else seems to be here. That's fine. I'm an only child. I got no problem celebrating by myself. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that. Cheap salami. That's what Chris Jericho gets. Bunch of crap. Look, olives. Look at this. Look. This olives are nothing in there. What else we got? Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. It's time to take out the trash. Bubbly. Bubbly. This is Turnbuckle Trash. A little bit of the bubbly. I get no kick 
from champagne. Bubbly. 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 Mere alcohol doesn't thrill me at all. A little bit of the bubbly. That I get a bell. Nobody can believe that Chris Jericho is the first AEW champion. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. So we're going to have just a little short segment here talking about NXT. Now, NXT's uh, ratings haven't been quite as good as AEW's. They've been very, very close. So I don't think there's a winner or a loser on Wednesday nights. Because you got a lot of people like myself who turn on the DVR for one of the programs. And I watch mm-hmm. it later. I see that a lot on some of the Facebook pages. People say, come on. I watch them both. That's what a DVR is for. You're going to have people mm-hmm. that are That's- more fans. <clears throat> of AEW than NXT. But what I want to talk about NXT for is because they, you know, they were calling up Keith Lee and they, they needed to give the belt to somebody else. And they brought mm-hmm. in Killian Cross and yep. he'd only been there for a few weeks, got a great look and he's oh, a yeah. big name on the independent circuit. And he mm-hmm. beats Keith Lee for the title on NXT, but separates his shoulder. Isn't that just sad when somebody has that happen to them? They get a big break and then injury. It's happened a lot in professional wrestling. Remember Finn Balor, the first universal champion? Yes. Oh, yeah. One night he had to give it up, Mm -hmm. you know, and because of injury. And that's happened a lot. Remember Edge retired right after uh, retaining the belt because of his neck injury before he came back. Daniel Bryan had to retire. Becky uh, yep. Becky Lynch became pregnant. And by the way, mm-hmm. internet rumors once again are saying Seth Rollins is going to be taking a break uh, to be with Becky uh, for their birth of their child. So, ah, yeah, very yeah. good. I think that would be Seth needs a little bit of a break, and we need a little he does he vacation, does. and then be happy when he comes back because he's a great oh, performer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's when true. I when I say to you, Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. NXT, what do you think? Too many bad choices at certain quick times. Um, you, you take Keith Lee, he only has the first uh, double champion, North American, and NXT. And then within less than, heck, he didn't even have that. Belt. Less than a month, yeah. Not, not even less than a month. And you give it to. You give it to Cross, and I, I, I said it to you on the Facebook page. It was too soon, too soon. And then he had his injury. And I was like, well, dang, we're not. We get to see this man in the ring, but we're never going to see him as a champion. He'll, he'll maybe they'll get a good storyline when he gets his, his shoulder back together yeah. again. Then he can come back as the only un. I was never beaten for this belt, but that's the way the stories go. NXT's fine. I think that they're doing good. They've got great storylines, and they're they're killing it more than SmackDown and Raw as we speak. You know what? I got I got to promote the guys on uh, on NXT because on Tuesday mm-hmm. night, September the first, they're having a Tuesday night show instead of a Wednesday. Oh, I don't man. know why. Oh yeah, I don't know I don't if they're really thinking know. about moving to Tuesday or what. But because of this situation, they came up with a very creative way to get a new a new champion. They're going to have Mm -hmm. a fatal four-way, but it's not necessarily just that. It's a 60-minute Iron Man match. So whoever gets the most falls in 60 minutes will become champion. 
I had never heard like of it. it before. I like it. I like it. I think it's perfect. Adam Cole. That is <clears throat> Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Uh, Johnny Gargano. Yep. And the returning Tomansa Champa. Oh, I am uh, such a fan of his. He has got some of the greatest in-ring work, and he is a he is a monster. He's crazy. I love Tommaso, Tommaso Ciampa. That man, uh, I, that's my pick to win the title back. You pick Finn Balor, right? Yeah, I pick Finn Balor. But Tommaso Ciampa, remember in ROH when they called him the Sicilian psychopath? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, the, the, man, and that beard he has, that bald mm-hmm. head, he just got this look. He's not a huge man, but man, I love his ring work. I absolutely do. So, Well, he tells a heck of a story in the ring. And in the ring, and he's got some good mic skills as well. I picked Tommaso Ciampa, Ciampa to win. Uh, a lot of people say it's going to be Adam Cole, but uh, no. Adam Cole, I'm surprised bye, bye. he hasn't been called. I'm surprised he hasn't been called to the main roster. Yeah, I would think that would be a good faction go. for them. Yeah. He might oh, not. I mean, Johnny Gargano has come right out and said he doesn't want to go to uh, the the upper echelons because he sees what happens. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at – here's two stars that were on the main roster. Dean mm-hmm. Ambrose. And you yep. saw after – you know, the last year, they just abused him for what oh, his yeah. story. Remember when he came out looking like Bane with that uh, mask? He He didn't want to do that. Nope. And Eric Young, great oh, yeah. performer, who's never really gotten the break he deserves. I mean, no. he, he's been a big, a pretty big star in Impact Wrestling where he's back now. But mm-hmm. both of them over the past couple of weeks have come out and said uh, this, that, uh, that the problem with WWE right now is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, oh, yeah, and John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, even said he'd give you three letters. What's wrong with WWE? VKM is what he said. Mm-hmm. Wow. When yeah, you yeah. got some people that are pretty big stars saying, Vince, lay off, do something different. Yeah. You know, that just got to say a lot. Got to say a lot. Well, we have to also wish uh, congr- to a congratulations to John Moxley, PWI wrestler of the the current number one. Uh, that's uh, kind of amazing. Tony Kong, I guess you bought PWI then. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I would and, say, you know, when you watch his ring work, it's fantastic. So, mm-hmm. uh, so NXT doing really well. AEW, mm-hmm. I think, still has some bumps. I mean. You'll watch some yeah. things in AEW. You go, oh, that didn't quite work. Ooh, you know, because there's yeah. a lot of young wrestlers mixed in with some older wrestlers, but they have a lot of talent there. And then they've had their own controversies a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So there are some things that are work, but I'm giving them a little bit of a pass yeah. because they're they're just over are under a year old basically. Yeah, they've yeah, only been old. on the just- air since October, so. That mm-hmm. way they're under a year, but you know, they've been doing the planning and stuff for a couple of years. So I'm going to give them well, they, a little yeah. bit of a pass. Yeah. They're, they're not even a year old. They're still, uh, still trying to grow up. And I mean, they've been doing some great stories. Uh, they've been doing some, uh, you know, but, but to me, the, uh, to AEW, you're just becoming the old version of the WWE. I mean, Cody, you're the one that said that you were not going to be bringing 
former WWE superstars to AEW, but half of their roster is former WWE superstars. But they're also bringing in people like Ricky Starks. They're bringing in Private yeah, Party. Ricky. Yeah, they mm-hmm. brought in uh, yeah. some, uh, you know, s- some other names. So I think it's a good mixture. A lot of people, you just yourself gave them, you know, they're criticizing them for that. But I don't criticize them for that because you well, need some yes. names. You need some names. Then you build your stars. You know, you can't go in there yeah. and say, everybody, you're going to love Ricky Starks right off the bat. So love him. No, you know, well, you got to build that story. You got to get Ricky Starks and make him a star, which I think he will be eventually a pretty big star. Oh, he will be. The the one that um, I like is Pillman. Which Brian one? Pillman's son. Oh, yeah. Brian Pillman, he, he's got a look on him that's just, wow. That, that's fine. I mean, look at. Look at all these new superstars that they're bringing in. And some people are scratching their heads going, who's this guy? That's never the seen point. Mm-hmm. You've got who's to build them. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. like like uh, the machine, Brian Cage, a big name in the independent yeah, yeah. circuit. Right, mm-hmm. You know, has wrestled in Impact, Hollywood, uh, uh, what do they call that? Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. He's been yeah. on a lot of shows, but the mainstream wrestling fan doesn't know him yet. But he comes no. out... Mm-mm. He's with the faction. He's with, uh, comes out with Taz. Taz. That's a name. Mm -hmm. They associate him with Taz, and now he's getting his stardom built up. But the man has absolutely no cardio. His his first match, I can't remember who it was against. It didn't go very long, but boy, was he huffing and puffing trying to get a promo out. And it was like two minutes after the match, he's still going, he sounded like me after walking from here to the refrigerator. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. So yeah, he well, doesn't have any cardio, but he's muscular. So Yeah, he's a big old boy. Mm-hmm. He's a real big boy. But uh, that's that's great that, that they're trying to do more for professional wrestling. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for AEW. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, I, I want them to succeed. Yeah. Uh, just like that one pro- one thing that I saw on Facebook, it goes, hey, let me tell you something. I hope all companies do well. Oh, yeah. There you go. All That's companies all, do yeah, well. All, so. the, all the promotions, we wish them the best, and we're not we, – we have no problem. If uh, – no. like Ohio, Ohio Valley Wrestling, oh uh, you know, gosh, the – Yeah, they, yep. they're on like 100 million TV sets around the country right now, mm, and they have their course. own – uh, YouTube channel where you can watch them on. That's where I'm going to have to watch them. Uh, but yeah. they're on Cox uh, Sports. They're on some smaller networks that I've never heard of, but they're either streaming services or they're small services that are on some uh, some cable networks. But 100 million homes worldwide for Ohio Valley Wrestling. And our friend Manny Lemons just put on an appearance at Ohio what? Valley Wrestling. So good for him. I, I'm 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 real glad for DCW and Ohio Valley that have merged together and now are trading off talent. Yeah. Now that Manny's going down there to train with Al Snow and everything, and I mean, I'm glad. I mean, Manny has got some good mic skills. Manny, I love your mic skills. You're doing just fine. Do me a favor. Get rid of the boa. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I see you do a promo and you've got that boa on, I'm expecting you to have a pole right beside you and start dancing. 
Uh, no, it doesn't, but it looks okay. That's yeah, fine. Just yeah. don't throw any more lemons to the folks and make sure they're not frozen. Oh, uh, but you know, Zane, Zane's little boy, Jackson, uh, got one of those lemons one time at a match we were at uh-huh. and he was mm-hmm. so happy. He thought that he was, was the best thing in the world. So you've got improving wrestling, independence all the way up, and we wish them mm-hmm. the best. Chris, anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, not really. I mean, we've had our controversies. Uh, the, and did you see the match between Brody Lee and Cody Rhodes? What did you think of that? It was a good way to get Cody out because yep. he's going to be gone for a while now. Mm-hmm. That's and true. A lot, a lot of he's people out. said, Cody, he's going to be the champion forever. No, he let Brody Lee have it now, and he's taking a break. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if he's injured, injured, or what, but they finally made the yeah, new, but- the, the, what do they call themselves? The, the, the Black Order or whatever. What is the Brody? The Dark Order. The Dark Order. I can't remember the all these order. factions' names. I'm getting old, dudes. It's now the new version of the, of the Wyatt family. Uh, but it's the dark order. I call it the dark Wyatt order. Um, <laughs> I love but speaking it. Though. Of the, but speaking of the Wyatt family, and we're, we're going to go to this. I want all the fans to think about one thing. Who is the one person that you would love to see in, if the Wyatt family was to come back, who would you like to see in the Wyatt family? And I've got the perfect person. Tell if me. he was to ever, co- if he was ever to come back, Abyss. Hmm. Yeah. Abyss. You know, he's been appearing on TV lately, but mm-hmm. has more as yes, Joseph has. Park. Yep. Yeah. He's Abyss. doing that lawyer bit. Yeah, he'd be good. Yeah. He would be good. And we have to have our sister Abigail, which oh. we already, I, we have to have our sister Abigail. So, and I know that probably, it's going to have to be Alexa. It'd be Alexa Bliss. It has to be her. They've been working that angle very well. I mean, yeah. she already broke up with the tag team. And it was, you know, it's it's good. But like I said, folks, if you, if you watch Payback, get get ready for a surprise. And congratulations to all the new champions. And congratulations to Thunder. Well, we're not going to say congratulations to Thunderdome. It's, you know, stinks. <laughs> but other than that, it's perfect. And I appreciate being back on the podcast, guys. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again. All right. Thank you, Chris. Have a great day, man. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Those guys look big and mean. I think they want to hurt us. What do you call that? A flying springboard knee to the face? Oh, that works. I like to hurt people. Pretending to wrestle is the most fun in the whole world. The thoughts and opinions heard on the proceeding program are not necessarily those of an intelligent human being. If you don't agree with them, get your own dang pod. Dummy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. And in the immortal words of Ric Flair, Woo! Zoom in and zoom out. Zoom in and zoom out. The man adores his trash. <laughs> this is my podcast. I don't have to take any kind of commercial breaks. I can do what the heck I want. I am a, a squeezer. I guess we could call squeezers. <laughs> a huge moneymaker. Floating like a butterfly, stinging like a bee. You know, you better watch out Sunday. Listen, I'm going to knock you down in three. Because it's fun. Bring in the money. Here. Hey, Brett. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. You are wrong, brother. <laughs> it's 
not just for fun. Sure we can, honey bunch. And that's two hours I will never get back to my life. And I, I had to lead you to the freshly squeezed side. (laughs) (laughs) And now on Turbocal Trash, I get to have one of my favorite people in the entire world. And no, it's not you saying. This was Braun saying to Braun, hey, man, focus. (laughs) It's like a belch from a bad onion. (laughs) As long as I'm doing the squeezing, (laughs) if and you know what I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Do me a favor, get rid of the boa. When it comes to politics, don't call me. <laughs> Hi, T-Girl. Hi. Oh, we have all kinds of little stupid pet names, don't we? Orange, orange, orange. If that doesn't work, I'll squeeze it myself, you know. <laughs> I'll call you now forever a trash head. <laughs> I, I will wear the title with honor.